What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? I saw a video with a cat that was your rapes. <laughs> oh, that's definitely you now. With a finger. With a finger, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was on Instagram. <laughs> oh, it was on Instagram. I like that one of Nadine Coyle that you sent to me. <laughs> Flyer. Yeah, I like to use Flyer. 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 <laughs> Welcome to our Irish <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name's John Larkin. I'm Martin Fennessy. I'm Stephen Moore. And I'm Jonathan Butler. He's Jonathan Butler for sure. This is our special milestone 69th episode. So we decided that because of the number 69, actually, this was Martin's idea. So take the floor, Martin. Okay. Because it's our 69th episode. And because 69 is the filthiest and most gorgeous number in the number of worlds. I was going to say the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the alphabet then. But it's a, it's a um, we decided we needed to do something properly filthy. And so, after some <clears throat> research by Jonathan Larkin, of course, the dirty little pervert. I hated every minute of this research. We settled on Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. <laughs> A case of cannibalism. 
truly incredible. It could be the scoop of the century. Tell me, whatever happened to the nurse now? I asked you where you'd been. To get a breath of fresh air. The last cannibals. It could be a tremendous scoop. I just had a very good idea. Have you ever met or heard of Professor Mark Lester, a most famous anthropologist, who successfully carried out several expeditions along the Amazon River? Why are there still cannibals? The reasons are many and always of a social origin. Now, don't forget, young lady, you promised to spend a few days here on your return. It will be a real pleasure for me. now. Perhaps not all of them were killed. We settled on, uh, we were looking for something dirty and sleazy and uh, basically if you're looking, trying to look at something dirty and sleazy with a horror edge, you to look no further really than uh, a director called Joe D'Amato, a.k.a. Aristide Masakesi. And he was an Italian sleaze merchant who specialised in horror and porn and then horror porn. And then horror and then porn. <laughs> and then soft porn and then hard porn. And then he died. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's the man responsible for films with titles such as Erotic Nights of the Living Dead and Porno Holocaust. But he also gave the world the infamous Black Emmanuel series. So, for those of you who are pervert to watch films in the 80s and 90s on third generation mm. videos or late on Sky Movies like I did, um, Emmanuel was the French sort of softcore art house porn movie starring Sylvia Christel and it was um, it was made in 1974. You'll probably know the iconic image of Christel sitting with her legs crossed on one of those old wicker chairs and she's like playing with a pearl necklace so to speak. Um, <laughs> and that inspired many a late night growing grab for teenage boys in the 70s and dare I say some girls too. Uh, they were like travelogues with lots of soft focus shots of glamorous locations and a bit of lesbianism thrown in. Uh, I don't think they were hardcore to start with but once Emmanuel became a hit in the grindhouse and the art house, it inspired people like D'Amato to cash in. And with that came hardcore porn, um, bestiality, snuff films and cannibalism. Are we, are we turned on? Yeah. Um, so then, um, add to that, Indonesian actress Laura Gemza, who grew up in the Netherlands, she had a bit part in one of the Emmanuel sequels before starring in her own spin-off, Bito Albertini's Black Emmanuel. In that, she plays May Jordan, who's an investigative journalist and photographer who always seems to get herself into very sleazy and thinly plotted adventures that require her to take her clothes off, les off, and get loads of the date. She's referred to as Emmanuel by her readers, uh, it's like a pseudonym and alter ego, but by the time Joe D'Amato got his hands on it uh, and made four sequels, that little detail was irrelevant. She was just Emmanuel. <laughs> the films had Emmanuel in the title, they had Laura Gemsen in the lead role, so many a sticky dollar bill was handed over for the cheap thrill mm. of seeing mm. her take her clothes off in various exotic locations. So we had Emmanuel in Bangkok in 1976, Emmanuel in America in 1977, Emmanuel around the world in 1977, the last official one was Emmanuel and the White Slave Trade in 1978, although there was also like a couple of unofficial ones. There was one like 
something about a black snake or something that she was in. And there was also the Bruno Mattei prison flick called Violence in a Women's Prison, which I just referred to as Black and Manual Goes to Jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, tonight we're going to be talking about the penultimate film in the series, directed by D'Amato, starring Laura Gamze, also from 1977. So they cracked three of them out in one year, which tells you a bit about the <laughs> quality of the film you're about to watch. Sky High. <laughs> Sky High. Sky High. <laughs> Entitled Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. And we've literally just watched it. So we've done that thing tonight, haven't we, boys, where we decided we'd just watch the film and then podcast about it straight yeah, after. Yeah. Um, kind of just, like, read the room and get, to, like, a sentence to sum up how you feel after watching the film, Martin. Um, God, dirty and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Stephen? Crude and glorious. That's all I have. Crude and glorious. I don't know. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals opens with some lovely aerial shots of 70s New York, doesn't it? Mm. With um, a bit of obscure disco as the theme song, mm. um, which we are going to research the name of the singer and put it on afterwards, because we can't remember, but John Butler did notice her name. In the I'm sure it's a present. It was. Yeah. It was something Linda. Something Linda, yeah. so Linda wasn't her first name. No, it was spelt L-I-N-D-E-R. Is it Luscious Linda? <laughs> no, it was something beginning with you, I think, her first name. Undulating Linda. Unrelating <laughs> <laughs> Linda. Unrelenting Linda. Unrelenting Linda. Uh, and then within, so we've got that, and then within two minutes of the film being out, being on, um, we've got, uh, we're in a mental institution where various people are doing loony acting. <laughs> sort of throwing themselves yeah. around playing with dolls doing lots of like crazy I'm a mad person offensive acting and then in the same space of the, those two minutes we also have a nurse who's had one of her tits bit off <laughs> who comes running down the car as a flailing about in a suspenders and garter belt with one of her tits missing and blood everywhere uh, and then we realised that the patient who's responsible for this is like a young girl who was she was found in the middle of the Amazon yeah, mm. uh, and she was part of a. Um, there was like a mission in the Amazon, wasn't there? And she was found, and they think that she may have been raised by like a cannibal tribe. So she's feral and savage, um, and we soon realise that uh, Emmanuel is at the mental institution because she's gone undercover, and using uh, her sort of surreptitious dolly cam, <laughs> she's there to write like a telling expose. Expose. The homosexual activity going on in the hospital. <laughs> I think she does a lot of the exposing herself. <laughs> and, the, and the homosexual activity. Yeah. <laughs> so really, I mean, it sums up the morality, or lack thereof, of these films in the first five minutes, is that we're given, shall we say problematic for the woke people? <laughs> <laughs> we're given a problematic... Um, like that Friends TV series, like that. Yeah, just like yeah, that. yeah. It's actually not as disturbing as Friends. This <laughs> film, just so you, just so you know, um, we're given a bit of a dodgy sort of uh, portrayal of the mentally ill. We are then introduced to, and then we're given um, a woman who's half naked and being attacked in him as womanly parts, but her tits mm-hmm. been ripped off. And then we're given a heroine who we think is meant to be the moral compass of the film, who then basically sneaks into the girl who cannibalised the nurse. She sneaks into her 
room at night. She's strapped down to the bed in a straitjacket. And our heroine, who we're supposed to care for and we're with, she's our way into this world. Uh, <laughs> she basically molests the <laughs> restrained, vulnerable person. Um, she lifts her skirt up, reveals her big hairy muff, and fingers it whilst asking what her name is. And telling her not to be scared. Yes. But that's okay. just how you interrogate people. If that's not creepy. I don't know what it is. I do like the, the dichotomy here of... Um, dichotomy. <laughs> dichotomy. <laughs> um, of, oh, you don't have... They literally say that you don't have to feel sorry for the nurse because she was like a known like molester later on. She says, oh, like she's doing it. Oh, so we don't feel sorry for her getting a tip bit off. But Emmanuel is okay to finger her. Yeah. That, that's fine. Yeah. She was doing it for journalism. Yeah. And then takes a sneaky little snap as well. Yeah. The ends Which by the means. But yeah. Uh, she fully exposes a private part. Yeah. And then takes a photograph of it. Without and, then use, and then uses that as the headline yeah. for the act. So the expose is fraudulent, really. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. She's the one who done it. This yeah. all sounds really familiar, though, Piers Morgan. Are you listening? <laughs> this all sounds really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> is this actually, is this film actually uh, forward thinking? Ultra woke <laughs> take on on the sun and news international journalism. There we are. Film, oh. The film has been read. We may yeah. as well just end the podcast. We may as well. Now. That's it. We've cracked it. Thank you, Joe Tomato. You were way ahead of you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, Emmanuel is basically uh, molesting the woman so men can wank in um, grindhouse cinemas. So that that's essentially the morality of these films is that there is none. And uh, basically, it's any kind of excuse for nudity, whether that's somebody being raped or beaten or murdered or whatever. Um, and we just have to sort of put that to one side and enjoy the bad dubbing, yeah. <laughs> really, I think, to, to be able to enjoy one of these films. And the ridiculousness of how much the film is taken up by shagging and exposing women bits of women's bodies. Yeah, yeah. Very really true. So before we, so before we watched, we decide. I decided we'd watch this one, just because I'd seen it before. So I thought I was, I was quite sort of qualified to say which one we should watch. I also watched Joe D'Amato's other one of his other films called Erotic Nights of the Living Dead, which is basically sort of this but with zombies, and that. If you can imagine that this so so Black Emmanuel uh, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals is quite slow paced in parts, isn't it? And you're yeah. like, oh, like, mm. on with it. So if you imagine that but padded out with full hardcore sex scenes that last for about 15 minutes each. <laughs> so you've got a okay. flimsily plotted, slow-moving crap horror film, which should be 80 minutes long. But because of the porn thrown in, it's 120 minutes long. <laughs> so you've got two hours of that with slightly crap porn in the middle. <laughs> so that's why I decided on Emmanuel, really, because I thought at least it's a bit quicker. It's a quickie. In and out <laughs> job. Yeah. <laughs> Just lots of them later. Yes. Well, that's it, yeah. So, th- so the plot hinges. <laughs> <laughs> the plot hinges on the fact that whilst Emmanuel is molesting the poor woman... To take the photo. To take, and takes a photo, she discovers a tribal mark. I, I didn't spot that, actually. Well, in the actual scene, you don't see it. And it's, it's, not, it's not there. It's only the later scene. on when it says, oh, look, she had a weird tattoo in this photo, and then show It's like, yeah. that wasn't there. It was like, it's like watermarked on top of the photograph. Drawn on the market. Drawn on. You were probably just distracted by the hair. I was, yeah, distracted by the fingering. Yeah. And I don't think I saw we saw it, don't you know? It I, wasn't. I, it I, definitely I, wasn't I, d- I don't think it was. We'd have noticed. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, I think they thought, oh shit, we need to put that on. So rather than, they probably didn't have the budget or the actress to go back and film it again. So they just had yeah. to. That, film, that scene might have been from a different film and they've just, how can we reuse this scene? We've got five minutes of a hospital and finger and can we use this for this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very possible. Yes, He made three films this year, so, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> it could be. Which one are we going to use this scene in? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so she goes to her editor doesn't she yes and they've discovered this tribal market and then he's like oh I think that belongs to um, a cannibal tribe in the Amazon yeah the guy in the copper room knows more about this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because why not yeah because why not because somebody needs to know yeah to be able to tell her um, and um, so she says there's no way I'm not going to go on any more crazy expeditions for you, there's just no way at all. And he says, okay, well, the guy that you need to speak to is Professor Lester <laughs> at the Smithsonian or whatever. So, she, so she's like, all right then. Go straight there. So she goes straight there and meets um, Professor Lester. Mark who, Lester, isn't it? Uh, Mark Lester, who's an anthropologist with fascinating sideburns. They go for dinner and he says, if you want to know more about it, you'll have to come to my house. <laughs> I have lots of films and documentation. <laughs> And what does she say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Lester, my paper is publishing a series of articles on tribal customs, and I would like very much to know more about it. We know that you are quite an authority on the subject and that you carried out some expeditions among the most ferocious tribes of the Amazon. Yes, indeed, that's quite right. But the subject is so vast that I'm afraid that if you want to know more about it, you should go to my house. And do you think, Professor, that it could be risky to accept? One never knows, but if I were you, I'd be very careful. Well, for the sake of my article, maybe it's worth risking. Well, let's stop joking now and talk seriously for a moment, shall we? If you come to my house, I'll be able to show you a complete and full documentation on cannibalism. I'll come. I also have some very interesting films on it. Really? I know I sound like one of those guys who says, come and see my etchings, but I do have that documentation. But I do believe you, Professor. I'll come to your house. And they go back to his house. Then there's like a really dodgy, they watch like dodgy sort of snuff film type material <laughs> of tribes in Africa killing each other. Eating each other's eyes. Each other's eyes. Penises. There's a penis cut off. Which is gross. It's really gross, but then there's a really strange moment where they pull the penis off and there's like um there's like a long string of pubic hair. That's clearly yeah. not pubic hair because it's really yeah. stretches for like a mile. And it's kind of like being half cut. Like they managed to cut off the penis but not fully cut off the pubic hair so the pubic hair still attached. Yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you just give them a clean shave while you're there. Yeah. So that obviously gets them all worked up to have sex. <laughs> um, and then she decides that she's going to go off to the Amazon with this guy that she's just met. So she needs to go and say goodbye to her boyfriend, Peter. Very cute, Peter. Yeah. He's very cute. He's got a bit of a Steve Guttenberg sort of vibe going on, I think. A bit. A little bit. Sort of that all-American yeah, kind of baby face. baby face type thing. I think he's very baby face for something like this. Like, normally they look a little bit more rugged and... Well worn. Sleazy. Yeah, he looks very innocent. Yeah. Like, I'd want to take advantage of shopping. He was. It's like he was taken aback by his girl and his girlfriend says, I want to make love to you. And he goes, really? <laughs> like, mm. Yeah. 
So then they have oh, like she's a predator. They have like a weird. <laughs> well, well, yes, I mean she is. She's a free woman. She yeah. does what she, she does. Like. That's one line. I'm a free woman. I can do what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a feminist piece. Very probably. <laughs> Definitely. Beyonce should be all over this film. <laughs> um, the remake. Imagine Beyonce is Black Emmanuel. <laughs> oh my god! I'm pitch that. Black Emmanuel and the Illuminati. <laughs> Don't keep that in the episode. Some deal steal. Some deal steal. That I do. <laughs> um, and then, so they have sex on like a rocky outcrop in Brooklyn with a nice view. Of yeah. Them. Um, we were joking with me about how you were joking about. There's, there's plenty of piers for them to go and have sex on. Instead, they scramble down to the water edge over all this rubble and mud and rocks and have sex there. And then he is. Stephen commented, he's like the laziest child yeah. ever. She was doing all the work. Yeah. She was in control, but he was just boring. I mean, I need more effort than that. Yeah, it's true. You know, darling. I was terribly worried about you when you did that inquiry into that horrible lunatic asylum. Thank God it's all over so we can go away together. No, Peter, we can't. Tomorrow I'm leaving for the Amazon for work. Something very, very interesting. It's about cannibals. Emmanuel, you're crazy. You're really, really crazy. Maybe I am. But right now I want to make love. Right now? Right now. It was late 70s, wasn't it? It was like, it was pre-AIDS New York. Yeah. And those peers are just across the way. It would have been a hotbed of sexual shenanigans for gay men. But then I did, after sort of reason, didn't I, that gay men would never clamber over the rocks to have sex the way that that they did. They would be far too scared to damage in the nice leather shoes and stuff. My ignorance, yeah. So gay men used to have sex under the piers? On the piers? On the piers. Just on the piers? On the piers, in warehouses, in warehouse windows. You need to, if you want to find out more, Stephen, or our listeners, there's a great documentary called Gay Sex in the 70s. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's, it's well, oh, I'm going home. Every, oh, every gay man and bisexual man who hasn't watched it needs to go out and watch it right now. That's your homework. Stop this podcast and watch it. That's your homework. It's set to an amazing disco beat, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but my, like most amazing documentaries about that time period, the ending's not very happy. No. No. So, yeah, it's very easy. Um, <laughs> so, look out for that. But there's also, there's a great art house porn movie from that period as well, which inspired, which, well, didn't really inspire, but the look of it inspired a lot of cruising, and it's called NYC Inferno, which took me ages to track down, and I think one of one of our Twitter friends, um, who's like, a completely straight man found it for me. <laughs> 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 he was like, here it is. And he was like, I've looked at some of the screen grabs. Do you know what kind of film this is? <laughs> yes, yes, send it anyway. Um, but that's got loads of footage filmed, like set, actual sex filmed in the piers uh, and in like the back of lorries and all that sort of stuff. So that's, that's fabulous. I can't wait to see me here in tonight. That's really interesting. NYC Inferno. Give that a look as well. Um, sorry, but back to the. Back to. Um... Jennifer O'Sullivan, reporter extraordinaire. But it says at the start, that thing we can't have skipped over, it says it's a true story. Report As reported by Jennifer O'Sullivan. Yeah. Who is Eman- who is Emmanuel? That's a... She's the reporter. So she's changed the name from May. So the Black Emmanuel, the original Black Emmanuel, wasn't directed by this guy. 
it was directed by another guy. And I um, it used to be one of those films that would be on Sky Movies late at night, and I might have stayed up and watched it when I was about 13 and had a little wank over it. But um, she's in that, and her name's different in that. Her name's May something, you know. And given the attention to detail and continuity, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So without all that out of the way, she, she then um, scarpers off to Amazonia, doesn't she, mm. with Peter... And they go. And the actual scene where she just walks in, she walks into her into her where she lives, and it's just like a quick edit, and then she's walking straight back. back yeah, yeah. In, 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 white, in, in a white trousers. Yeah. Yeah. And they um, they leave from that amazing airport as well. I don't know which airport. Is it JFK? No idea. It's like an amazing the, the style of it, the, the architecture was really cool. If you know what airport that is, then please do ring in. Um, and then they they fly off to Amazonia on a plane with some stock footage of planes. Stock footage is amazing. Yeah. And Stephen, you were quite you were amused by the smoking on smoking on planes. It's so weird. I just I can't get my head around that. I went to, when I went to Egypt. The plane had ashtrays. Each seat had ashtrays on. I've seen that on a plane before. But my, you've, you've never been able to use it. My first trip on a plane, you could smoke on the plane, Shut and there was smoking and non-smoking, and the only thing that separated the smoking from the non-smoking was a, was one of those flimsy airplane curtains. Wow! So it didn't do anything. No, it's fabulous. That's mad, isn't it? It did scare me how old the plane was, though, that people could smoke on it. It was like, yeah. mm, do I want to be on this plane? Yeah. Yeah, but if you can't, like, Ryanair, and that they have ashtrays. Cheapest ones. They've got ashtrays on Ryanair. Sure, did they? You're thinking of coaches. <laughs> 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 I've definitely been on a plane. Maybe it was when I was, like, younger. I might have been younger. Maybe not. But I just never thinking, why the fuck have they got ashtrays? Like, you haven't been on they this plane in years and years. They have ashtrays. On the long haul ones, don't they? In the toilets, do they? Yeah. Oh, but that's not because they know that people will, even if they try. So they go off, and we get to Amazonia, where they meet up with um, this guy. Do you know Yeah, it's something like Wilkes or something like yeah. that. And his daughter. But don't worry, he's got a hot daughter. He's got a hot daughter, and she is called Isabel. There's a great line, isn't there? Where. Peter sees Isabel for the first time, obviously since she was a child, and he says, "Isabel, you've grown up to be a woman." <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. Mark Lester. Isabel, you've grown up to be a woman. Last time I saw you, you were. She was that high. Six years have gone by since you were here last. You know, this is Sister Angela. This young lady is Emmanuel, a famous journalist. She's come all the way here to write an article on the Apiacas. You tell her, sister, that the Apiacas haven't been heard of her here for over 50 years. Father Morales might be able to help you as he's in touch with all the tribes of the jungle. As tomorrow morning, I'm going to the mission to take their monthly supplies. Why don't you all come with me? What do you mean, go with you? Well, certainly she's taken my place. She's far more efficient than an old man like me. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the second part of our woke discovery of Emmanuel, and maybe she's actually a trans character. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And that's why he's surprised you grow up to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Maybe finally she's getting to live her best life in the jungle. Yeah. Oh, fancy jungle sex change would probably be pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what all the all the pubic hair oh. was to hide. <laughs> Scarring. Scarring, yes, or just a cup. Oh, maybe it's big enough. <laughs> all, that, <laughs> that bush. all that hair we get to see Isabel's bush quite quickly because we have a really 
really like rough cut from this introduction to a new character to suddenly Emmanuel and Peter are having sex. And um, it's quite an extended scene where Isabel appears at the door and, appear- and starts to just like caress her newborn nipples, lick her lips a lot. Yeah. I like a good um, dress ruffle. They, they love to dress, like ruffle the dress. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to finger, but let me just do a little dance with my dress first. To turn the men up. Yeah. So she pulls the dress up and um, the, some of that pubic hair was at her knee. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like it wasn't just bushy, the hair was long, it like hung. Matted. Matted. Oh, it's it's the jungle. It's the jungle heat, isn't it? It's the jungle heat. Yeah. She, she, she managed to shave her legs though. Yeah, and put all the makeup on. Can't get shampoo in the jungle. <laughs> Conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next day, Emmanuel, Peter, Isabel, Sister Angela, the family the family nun, because there's always gotta be a nun. A family nun again? I'm so missed out on my childhood. Where was my family nun? I know, but I was really sad that the nun never got seduced in this film like she did in Malabimba. She does get like exposed and eaten. Yeah. Not if it's enjoyable then. No, being cannibalized is not the same as lesbian sex, guys. The guy I said. I thought that's what he did. The other guy pervs a little bit. Yeah. Again, that's not it's not really the same. That's not, she um, has sexy underwear. She has sex underwear. She wears like white stockings. Yeah, she does. Mm. Mm. Well, that'd be warm in a jungle. From watching, <laughs> that'd be warm. From watching lots of Yoros Lee's films, it appears that that's what nuns wear. Yeah, to go to sleep. So there is some model lines in this film that the sex with the nun was too far. We'll just tease it. That was too far. Yeah. 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 Everything <laughs> else. Yeah. Fucking do it. Yeah. I do like the way uh, when they're getting in the boat and they're packing all the stuff. Emmanuel rests the shotgun on her chin. She does. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that doesn't look safe, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. That was when they forgot the gun in the hat. Yeah. You forgot your gun in your hat! Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 your gun, honey! <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. This Thank you, Daddy. Yeah, yeah. you go on your hat. Yeah. And off they go down the, was it, did we decide it was the Panama Canal? I think it was the Panama it's Ship Canal. It's, it's, it's Italy somewhere. According to IMDb, it's Lazio, Italy. <laughs> so maybe it's, I don't know, maybe I it's one of the Grand Canals. Yeah. Lazio's Rome, isn't it? If anyone's still in it, tell us now where they filmed it. Lord of Gems is still alive, so Laura, <laughs> <laughs> you have to. If you can remember. That's the safe problem to remember to, to film three films. So. Well, yeah, our lovely Twitter friend as well, who goes under the moniker of House of Freud Stein, um, he interviewed Joe D'Amato in the 90s. There's quite an extensive interview mm-hmm. uh, with him. Um, so and I know you listen to this as well. So if, if you've got any ideas about the locations in this film, then do please let us know. Give Drop me a little tweet. This um, is my favourite bit, where um, do you see the alligators? <laughs> <laughs> Look, alligators! And it's the worst, like, cut to stuff footage I've ever seen, ever. It's genius. I know. Hilarious. I don't know why they just didn't put, like, all black and white footage in. <laughs> just own it. <laughs> and don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Or just draw someone a piece of paper. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just a white piece of paper that yeah. says alligator. Yeah. <laughs> or Emmanuel could have just stepped in front of the camera doing this with a hand. That's what it hands together. <laughs> Shadow popper and all. Yeah. <laughs> we, could, we would have gone for that, wouldn't yeah. we, really? Um, and then comes an, a, a film, a scene that could only be in this film, really. And it's uh, Emmanuel and Isabel decide to wash each other's naked nubile bodies in a waterfall. Whilst being watched by a chimpanzee who's smoking a cigarette. 
And there's no explanation for this whatsoever. No. It doesn't appear again. It's not like Tarzan. It's not like Tarzan, the TV series, yeah. where Cheetah <laughs> used to accompany them on the adventures. Yeah. Nothing. I want to know how we got to South America. Just uh, well, yeah, how did that chimp get to South America? <laughs> That's very true. There's it, lots of things. There's lots maybe we escaped from a zoo. I'm not even sure. It's got to be a circus chimp. I'm not even sure alligators. No, I think I mean, Cayman one. Uh, I think the some, yeah. In South America, yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, it be an alligator. Yeah. Well, maybe we're being picky. The sort of the animal that's not in its usual environment and uh, not in its natural habitat popping up on the island. The crashed plane with the gold that we found yeah, later. Yeah, was diamonds. Diamonds. <laughs> and the fact yeah. that it seems to move from day to night within the space of a minute makes me think this could actually be an episode of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> All of those things happen in Lost. Yeah. It's like the sudden climate change. I'll, although, I'll be honest, this this film is never at night. It's always daytime. It's always <laughs> Even when they're saying, the sun will be up soon. It's like, it's fucking daytime. <laughs> yeah. it's He's like, just literally showing us the shot yeah. of the sun. It's <laughs> actually like 4pm. Yeah. You can hear like tip and point finishing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and they're squinting because the sun's yeah. in their eyes. Like, have we got time for it to go dark? No, we film yeah. it Keep filming. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. Bit. <laughs> like the complete disregard from they go to the right of the screen and it's daylight and then they go to the left and it's like yeah. nighttime. I've never seen anything this pretty special. So Chimp watches them, he has a smoke while he's while he's watching them bathe. He's wait till he's did finish to have the smoke. <laughs> but apparently not. As as I said while we were watching it, having seen the last twenty minutes of this film, you you don't not know that they're not gonna sleep with the chimp. Yeah. There's, a, yeah, you never, you there's always a doubt in the back of your mind there that is. they actually could seduce that chimpanzee. Well, given mm. how much sex there is in the first 20 minutes of the film, the, it's the only natural conclusion you can come to is that there's going to be a threesome and it's going to involve... Chimp sex. Chimp sex. It's actually got less hair on its back than some of the male leaders. <laughs> yeah. And the fingers are quite thick. <laughs> <laughs> You've thought that through too, too I'm deep. I'm just saying... <laughs> If and you're gonna, I think this is that deleted scene somewhere fucking wrong. Well, you've not, have you seen Emmanuel in America? No. So one of the other Black Emmanuel films, Emmanuel in America, has never been released completely uncut, but you can get it on downloads, which I've done. I mean, Ben watched it, and Emmanuel in America is starring Laura Gamza as an investigative journalist who decides that, and I can't actually remember what she's chasing, but she's going after this story, and the story takes her to a farm. Now a ranch takes oh, to a God. ranch. There's a horse, no. and she watches a woman wank a horse off. No, wow. no. She watches a woman wank a horse off, and that's not even the most disturbing part of the film. The film then has a plot twist at the end where she's dragged into a snuff movie, which they film to look like a snuff movie, and you see a woman get like a tits ripped off <gasps> and raped and beaten, and then it cuts to like a hardcore sex scene. All set to a jaunty theme tune like this one. <laughs> there's a hidden. There's a. There's a. There's no reason for that scene. Is, it, is it done like yeah. scientifically, or is it just like a woman just whacking a horse off? It's porn. It's, it's just bestiality yeah. porn. Natural. Whilst Manuel watches, so she never actually does it. So you'll notice it in all. I of was going to say, is it like a cut where she's all of the, the all of the more hard scenes that yeah. this actress is always like watching from a distance and stuff. So she never actually wanks off a horse. However, she just watches. Our, our friend Chris Brown has seen, not the one who beat me on her, has seen another one of the Emmanuel films and he said there's dog sex in one of them oh as well. Oh my God. Fabulous. So Joe D'Amato Why? basically had no kind of filter. He had no, no 
limit as to what he would do to shock an audience and he was really into porn and horror and horror so he would he put the two together to astonish him well, that though in the 70s what's the is it the beast yeah. It's got a bit of animal sex in there. Yeah. yeah. What's the other one? I can't remember. Well, Catherine the Grace, isn't it? And she gets banged by the horse. That's right, yeah. That's true. Joe DiMarto is a free woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does for you, eh? On um, animal sex the other, mo- other week, and it was weirdly pro animal sex by the end of it, and I was a bit freaked out by it. I was like, this wasn't going the way I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like an expose, it wasn't. It's just like one of Paul O'Grady's dog home things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I was. Uh, Come on, Fido. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nearly there. <laughs> oh, oh, So, let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Chimp. Chimpanzee smoked. And then... <laughs> Wait, cigarettes as well. I know. I, well, I think there must be a manual of ciggies. Yeah. Just too many questions. She's left a B&H on the side, hasn't she? And anyway, back to the plot, as important as it is. Emmanuel is then attacked by a snake. And he gets scary snake music. Scary snake music. Is, yeah. <laughs> scary yeah. snake Shook me to the core. And then um, she's rescued, so then a new character steps into the fray, and it's, uh, it's he's a hunter called Mackenzie, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he, res- he rescues them from the snake, and then says, we've set up a camp um, where we've been looking for the same mission that you're looking for. Because remember, the mission is where the girl from the institution was found. Mm. So they're looking for the priest and stuff. Sister Angela is from that same mission as well, isn't she? So they're all sort of going looking for their friends. And then it turns out that the mission is gone because they were attacked by the cannibals. Mm-hmm. More importantly, we meet Maggie, the alcoholic slut, who is played by uh, Neves Navarro from Death Walks at Midnight, and she is what we've been waiting for, but what I've been waiting mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. my whole life. In the film, I was going to say, in the film, <laughs> or just in general? General. In every one of these films, there's always the tra- really trashy woman who I always identify with and just think I want to be here when I go. I think if your introduction is just you swigging back a bottle of wine, <laughs> you know it's a good start. Yeah. We're going in the good places. Pay heat it. Bonus. That's true. That's true. Donald, what happened? I heard a shot. Nothing. Only a snake. Oh, uh, this is my wife, Maggie. Hi. Hello. Let me help you. Salvador, help them with the tents and prepare some food. We were going to the mission. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Don't despair. Maybe they weren't all killed. Some could be hiding in the jungle. We'll organize a search with helicopters. Please, please don't cry. I'll never forget what I saw. All of the bodies were horribly mutilated. May I ask you? What are you doing here in the jungle? Ah, hunting. Hunting is my life. I've sacrificed a lot to follow my craving for hunting. You'll never be able to understand what my feelings are when I'm on the track of an animal. The satisfaction of catching it and to kill. Why don't you hunt in Africa? It's far less dangerous there. (laughs) In black Africa. I don't call that hunting. They put you on a Land Rover from where you can find the animal you've chosen to kill and for which at times you have to pay very dearly. And you shoot. 
Nope. Here it's entirely different. First of all, the country is unexplored. Second, you have to share risks with the animals. Man, too, can be hunted. As with you and the snake. Are you quite sure that the tribe you're talking about are cannibals? Yes, the tribe we are to locate are indeed cannibals. Tie up their victims, rip open their bellies, tear out their insides and eat it. The first thing they eat is the heart, because they believe that in doing so, they absorb the victim's courage and virtues. And if they're not pushed by hunger, leave the remains to the vultures. No, thank you. I'm not hungry. So they also have a hot black guide called Salvador, who I've also been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. And then um, quite quickly we get to a scene where Maggie's in bed next in a separate bed to her husband, Mackenzie, who we realise is impotent. Mm-hmm. Um, for now. Well, <laughs> yeah. And Maggie... Until plot. <laughs> until plot. And, and while Caesar sleeps not in the next room, next bed, Maggie is watching Salvador, the hot black guy, to clean his gun whilst she fingers herself up the bum crack. Yeah. In um, quite shocking close-up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, it's aspirational stuff. It's how, exactly how you want to behave. And she uh, she thinks, fuck this, I'm done flicking my bean. I need some D. And she goes out and just looks at Salvador and says, come with me. And then gets doggy in a bush. To which Stephen remarks, Stephen cries out loud, goals! <laughs> <laughs> it was goals, though. I like the complete control. Just walk out, sassy, come with me. Yeah. And then just leave and get doggy. Yeah. That's, that's all you need. They go into the bushes. So we have, um, I've just put Salvador's bum to Gus. Mm-hmm. Marks out to ten. Ten? Yeah, I'm a ten. Even though you're a straight man? I, I don't have an opinion on this. <laughs> Marks out to ten for... Maggie's pet boobs? Ooh, good eight. Oh, they've got those. Eight? I would have gone with a nine if it looked quite nice. Yeah, well, nine, ten. The gays are easily pleased when mm. it comes to women's boobs. Yeah, I am. She had very nice nipples. She did, yeah. She'd been working those bad boys, hadn't she? They've been fluffed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ice cube action before the cameras were rolling, I think. But, um, so, we also realised that Sister Angela likes to sleep in her white stockings, which is very important to the plot. Um, and then. <laughs> The husband then finds and watches them. Oh, sorry, yeah. Walks off into the woods, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. So watches, watches the disappointing blowjob. Yeah. Because he doesn't seem amused at all. She needs to work on a technique. Mm. We're not all perfect. We can give pointers if anyone would like pointers. Please do. Yeah. Right in. <laughs> and then follows. He then, after that, walks off in a cover and includes pets on the nun and the young daughter woman. Yeah, he goes and pairs off them, but he doesn't actually do anything about it there, does he? he doesn't, no. No, no. See, he's got morals. He, he, he waits. <laughs> he waits until he does the finger rape. And then, um, so Sister Angela likes to sleep in her white stockings, but then she gets up in the middle of the night, doesn't she, to go for a wee, and gets her tits eaten. Is that right? No, that's the later on. Oh, she, gets, she goes missing. Yeah. So she goes for a wee, they send Salvador with her, which you automatically assume is going to be... Salvador and nun sex scenes. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't know. Was anyone else disappointed? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. I just want to see more of Salvador. Salvador, yeah. yeah. Salvador. Um, 
And then, so she, then, yeah, so then Salvador comes running back, like, in a panic and says, she's, she's gone, they've taken her. So they have to go and sort of look for her. And we don't know at this point whether it's the middle of the night or the middle of the day. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> don't think it matters. <laughs> but when they... I think we are informed when they decide to give up that it's too dangerous in the dark. Yeah. In the daylight, dark, daylight. <laughs> 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 so they decide to go back to the camp. Yeah. Yeah. After they lost two tour guards by this point. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, one Manolo. got impaled on some sort of trap. Manolo and, and Blarnock have been killed, haven't they, by this point? Manolo and Blarnock. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is that the names now? <laughs> <laughs> one of them is actually called Manolo, so Manolo. it's just like, one would be Blarnock. Blarnock. Is it like Frederick or something? Or Fernando? I did write it down. Dolce and Gabbana. Steve. It doesn't matter. They're both killed off. Pepsi and Shirley. Pepsi and Shirley. They're both killed off, so they've got nobody to guide them. Um, and then, once they give up looking for Sister Angela, we're then, we're then treated to her death scene, which is uh, quite gruesome, isn't it? Mm. It's the first really gruesome. So I did, I did uh, time this, and we wait an hour before we get an actual gruesome cannibalism death scene. Mm. Um, and um, so they cut a nipple off, and then they pull the guts out. <clears throat> they share the nipple, then? Yeah. They do share the nipple, and they share the guts, and they... Just jump around. They just jump around. Yeah, they jump around a lot while they're eating. Don't cook it. Which isn't really good for your digestion. It's not. I think you'd get a bit queasy. I noticed that Emmanuel finds unexpected head in the jungle twice. (laughs) (laughs) The guy from the mission, isn't it? Father Morales, I think. Father Morales, yeah. He's the first head, isn't he? And then the other one is that the sister? Is that Sister Angela? No, it's one of the guards, isn't it? He find one of the guards' heads on a stick. That's right. It zooms in like six times on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was strange. Cuts to one person's reaction, then zooms in again on the head, and then cuts to another person's reaction, and then zooms in again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is actually quite eighties American soap opera in its in its style. Um, so all all the time this is going on, there's actually a subplot. Anyone remember the subplot? Mm-hmm. Anyone remember the, the plot? <laughs> <laughs> the plane, isn't it? Maggie McKenzie. Yeah. Looking for a plane. Looking for a plane. And we, we don't, don't know what we're looking for. We don't. Point. Well, we don't know why. Do we? He keeps. He did you keep a real air of mystery? Which makes me think that they just forgot to actually write it into the script. Um, and then... Um, they need a reason to be here. You can't, yeah. just be, you can't just be hanging around in the woods. That's <laughs> true, yeah. Shagging. Or not shagging. Not shagging. <laughs> <laughs> or not shagging, yeah. Um, and they have this agenda, and then we slowly realise that they're looking for a plane that's crashed in the woods, and crashed in the jungle, and it's got, um, like, loose, hasn't it? It's got diamonds. But as they, like, frantically broke open this box and like opened it up and they were like all excited and I was looking at the box going I don't understand what they found and then they just kept pulling things out and they were still looking really excited and I was like is this the thing is this what they've been looking for or is there something else and then eventually when they got to the bottom there was diamonds and I was like now it makes sense yeah I thought they were just happy with the stationery yeah (laughs) Yeah. there was lots of paper I need some heads of paper (laughs) (laughs) it's perforated and everything (laughs) (gasps) gel pen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, for me so I think the film is actually really well paced for the first hour and then and then there's a whole 15 minute section that feels like half an hour yeah, yeah the yeah. random walk, just walking, just walking walking through the jungle shots yeah. oh yeah between fingering and walking through the jungle that's yeah. like 90% of the film yeah it's like it's it's actually not that long but it feels really it long yeah there's yeah. like a 20 minute stretch to yeah it's, and it is a stretch isn't it yeah, it's a shame it's not better paced. Yeah. 
they cut a fill that 20 minutes with Salvador and the nun mm-hmm. I do like to joke about uh, they, they say we should give up we should give up looking for her now because she's probably being digested already <laughs> <laughs> sister will will be well digested by the by these cannibals because <laughs> they find a bit of a habit don't they yeah. oh yeah yeah at uh, least it could have been worse they could have found something else yeah, we did think that they might have found bits of a funny hair. Oh, God. Because there's so much funny hair. Yeah. Like, found a kebab in the jungle. That's not a kebab. That's not a kebab. So then um, you've got Mackenzie and Maggie find the loot, and then suddenly, because he's found diamonds, Mackenzie gets his heart on back. He does, yeah. <laughs> Um, and they, 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 Maggie's like brilliant, so they have sex, and then um, in but in the middle of the sex, they're set upon by the cannibals. She forgets all about Salvador very quickly. She does, doesn't she? Silly bitch. <laughs> um, he is stabbed. He's impaled with a spear, and she's dragged off. So they're not dead, are they? Straight away. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so um, they go searching for her, um, and then there's more bushwalking. More, yeah. More bushwalking. Although now it's like, geez, up a bit, so there's some bush running. But only from Emmanuel, I know, so it's everyone Jogging, jogging. Yeah. Running's probably a bit strong. Um, and again, we don't know if it's day or night. <laughs> it's both at the same time. And just before they get, they decide what they're going to do, there's another scene where Mackenzie has another encounter, or not an encounter, he has another sort of um, raping of uh, <laughs> of Isabel. Yeah, he tries to finger us yeah. and he's asleep. Yeah. yeah, just creeps up my fingers. But once again, where's the morality here? Is this was bad fingering? Mm. But other fingering was good fingering? Well, yeah, because Peter then jumps in and like knocks his lights out and says, don't you finger her? And like all the time, his own girlfriend did it at the beginning mm. of the film. So, so well, Peter doesn't, by the way. Peter gets fucking beat up. Absolute battered. Which I just love. And then he just he beats him up. There was no saviour here. The guy who tries to save gets fucking twatted everywhere. Yeah. And then he just cuts them like over it. They were over it after that. That yeah. fight happened and then he just had tea. Yeah. Post up, there's no there's no war in the jungle, is it? You got knocked out, so no problem, yeah, you know. But even the girls, like she's not like hiding from them, she's just sat next to them. Like I think yeah, they, they got over lots of things quite quickly in this film, I think. Because okay. Manuel herself got over being attacked by the snake very, very, very quickly. Oh, she was hysterical. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Being told, don't shoot the snake, it's too dangerous. Then Mackenzie appears, shoots it in the head. And then Good she's complete, there's, she is completely silent and then says, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She does. They're walking through, the zoom and walking, obviously. And then... They found the father's head, and they go, "Oh my God, Father Blood, whatever his name is," and then the nun cries one tear, and then they cut back to the forest walking again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah, else. Yeah. You got literally one tear. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were lucky to get that. Um, I also liked when they shoot the snake. They shoot, they cut a you know unpleasant stock footage of a snake being killed, but mm. the snake is on the floor. Like it's getting shot, yeah. even though it's meant to be around Emmanuel's neck. I thought that was a nice, horrible touch. Um, and At least they didn't kill a fresh snake for it. Yeah, no. that's true. And this is upmarket. This is, I mean, for the cannibal subgenre, it's actually quite rare that but there's no f- I watched animal killing. It's kind of gone off on tangent, but I watched the Man from Deep River. It was just being put onto oh, Amazon yeah, Prime, yeah. and I was surprised to see on Amazon Prime with real animals getting killed in it. Yeah. I thought they would um, stayed away from that. Like. Yeah, she's in the, that as well, isn't she? I, I did recognise a few people from it, but I couldn't. It's the guy from. Um, 
It's Ivan yeah. Asimov, isn't it? That's it, yeah. He's in Mrs. Ward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's Jack, isn't he, in Mrs. Ward? Yeah. It's a good film. Yeah, no, it's a good film. Um, so then they decide, right, we've got to go and get Maggie, we've got to go and rescue her. So then they go to the to the, to the shore of... Um, of the Manchester Ship Canal or whatever it is and um, this is the <laughs> this is the moment when it's filmed in daylight and um, one of the characters says we better wait till daybreak yeah yeah. and it's actual they're not even trying to make it look like night anymore because he just saw no but he cuts this one so I think that was a mistranslation I think they were going for like I will wait for twilight yeah because then they made a line about how something about going out at night um, there's, there's the fires appearing yeah mm. so I think it was meant to be that they were waiting for the sun to go down and it was actually daylight like actual actual daylight yeah yeah and then he said we'll be guided by the beat of their drums that's yeah. a great line it is very poetic isn't it very very it's Nicola just... Roberts <laughs> it is <laughs> I was thinking that sounds like a pop song that's what it was wow well done well done less to the beat of my drum yeah yeah wow less <laughs> <laughs> To the beat of my drum. <laughs> it's the lyrics. Oh. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> oh. So they get there, and I love the fact that they have this big rescue mission planned, and the minute they get there, they're all trapped and killed. Like, <laughs> like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Emmanuel stands there, take takes photographs of it all happening, and she's like, Meh. I just wish she'd brought the doll. If she yeah. brought the doll from the beginning, it would be perfect. Camp. Totally. Totally. Um, the the scenes are quite horrible. Maggie is um, is stabbed like right in the fanny, isn't she? Like right in the yeah. In the most perfect scene I've ever seen ever, where they like before they do it, and you know what they're about to do. They do the cut back to like face reaction, face reaction, face reaction, fanny. vagina. Yeah. Face reaction, face reaction, face reaction, vagina. It's like that bit in um, <laughs> that's, that's like like <laughs> <laughs> face, 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 vagina. Sounds a bit like the Greasy Strangler. But it reminds me of like you know uh, Rocky Horror with the Doctor Scott moments. But it was just like, yeah, Emmanuel <laughs> vagina. <laughs> so she's stabbed in the in the vagina. It's really really fucking horrible. Yeah, the bit with the bloods all pouring out. Mm. And I actually, guys, uh, I snapped a photograph of Martin and Stephen at, at this section of the film, mm. watching the film. I couldn't get one of Jonathan because he was sat right next to me and he was the scene. So um, I will post the photograph with oh, this no. episode. The best be from a good angle. It's funny. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so Maggie's stabbed. Um, Mackenzie's cut in half. That's that's. Do you just get like a little bit of twine? Don't you? It's like it's some, amazing. Wrapping in twine and then do a tug of war and he's sliced in half by yeah. the twine. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you wouldn't even wrap a package with that twine. No, I cut someone off. They were very strong. Very strong. As Steve said, their hands would be getting burned. Yeah. yeah. But no. Yeah. Um, whilst this is happening, the cannibals are all doing a tribal dance. Do you remember how you described it? Like straight people dancing on ecstasy. Yeah. Really, really, really accurate. <laughs> this was all the foreign-looking people they could find in Italy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure one of those guys is like Chinese. Definitely doesn't look in. <laughs> yeah, be, it'll be anyone. It'll be anyone they could find, wouldn't it? You're not Italian. You'll do. Yeah. Vaguely <laughs> 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 foreign. Yeah. Irish. You'll do. Um, well, wasn't isn't the norm meant to be Irish? Is she? Yeah, she doesn't she mention about going to Dublin, being, being from Dublin? Oh, she does, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't look or sound. No. Like, 
human. <laughs> so Maggie's stabbed in the fanny, Mackenzie's cut in half, and Isabel is then gang raped. It is positively boring. <laughs> it's really dull. Those boys aren't putting anything into that. <laughs> Into anything. Anything into anything. So she's just sort of lying there, like out of it, because they've given her some concoction, haven't they? So, yeah. So it's like some writers, and it's some it's some uh, fertility right where they're going yeah, to Yeah, they have to sacrifice a pregnant woman to the goddess of the lake. The goddess of the lake. But to make sure she's pregnant, they decide to gang rape her. Yeah, yeah so it's very, like a free pump pass. Very slowly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is the most banal gang rape I've ever seen. That's my favourite line you've ever said, Stephen. Um, Meanwhile, Emmanuel watches, takes photos, and we think, is she not going to do anything? Has this woman got no sort of moral compass whatsoever? Hold on, this is the woman that fingered someone who's chained up at the start. But I thought maybe this is a redemption and she's going to save someone from sexual attack. As a journalist... You're not allowed to get involved with what's True. going on. You have to take a step back, even if you know something's happening that you don't agree with. You've got to step back, and I feel like she's just following her journalistic morals. Is it a bit like when David Attenborough let the baby elephant die on planet Earth? Mm. That's the, the famous they, photo as well. It, they uh, did rescue the turtles on planet Earth, and that maybe. I happened. would argue that if your finger is inside somebody's vagina, you're quite involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's no moral high ground there, really. Is there? Well, <laughs> Martin, you and your details. You're so finickety. <laughs> Martin finickety. Martin finickety. Martin vanity. It's like a famous photo of the vulture, isn't it? The, the photographer took it and it was the vulture waiting for the child to die oh, so yeah. he could eat the oh, child. Oh, God. That's depressing. I think he killed himself not long after, didn't he? The, uh, the person who's at the picture? Yeah, I don't, yeah the, I'm not really proud of that. I don't know the child actually got eaten by the vulture in the end. And then, so then we think, are you not going to do anything, Emmanuel? Take pictures. And then, but then she does. She surprises us all. She realises to rescue this girl, she has to get completely naked. Obviously. Paint on using ash, paint on the, the same symbol. She's got a full memory. I've written down as Tupanamba. And then she <laughs> gets in the water. With a, with a great the, snorkel. With a, with a reed, with yeah. a reed to breathe through. Yeah. It's amazing. And <laughs> then they set off flares. So as they're all about to sacrifice Isabel to this goddess who's going to rise from the lake, the flares go off. These simple, ignorant savages don't know what that is. They do. And then suddenly Black Emmanuel rises like Ursula Andress from the sea and somehow the ash tattoo hasn't been washed off. No. It's amazing. It's and not actually, even faded. Maybe they got some like some wax from a tree and just covered it up. Maybe. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. This does also remind me of Beyonce coming out in like Glastonbury or something. <laughs> well, I was thinking the Junk in Love video. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Yeah. And what I love about this is that she just walks up and takes the woman, and, and then the woman just instantly wakes up from her drugs state, drug rate tea state, and then just they both just walk off into the ocean together.
fast as you can. And I feel like the people there just let it happen because they're just so confused by what's actually going on. It's not like... But I, I said that this, I said when we were watching it, it's like they've done this for like a thousand years and this is the first time it's worked. They were like, oh shit, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, we've been sacrificing people to this bitch for years <laughs> and now she shows up. What do you think's going to happen now that she's around? <laughs> what, what, are they, what are they doing it for? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently that wasn't the answer because then he chased them with sticks. Yeah. <laughs> because they realised when the goddess turns... They understood just, just yeah. Emmanuel saying, quick, swim very quickly. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. just shut up. Yeah. Typical Emmanuel. Last, at the very last minute, just to fuck it all up. Well, we do get an interesting boat chase out of it, so, you know. <laughs> with very, very bad attempts at throwing spears. <laughs> Like you literally see one of them go up, it goes about four foot and then starts dropping and it's about to hit the water. I'm like, the boat's over there. Yeah. Like, no. That was probably the first take. That was yeah. like, I think it was probably, probably the only yeah, take. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> the only take. <laughs> but it's like, the spear went in the air, it's fine. Yeah. And the motorboat obviously doesn't work either. Obviously. No. no. I know, genius moment is the... They're miles away after finally escaping them, and then they do the one last scare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not a scary film, and yeah. it's the least scary one last scare I've ever seen in my life. Just got swatted in the face with it all. It's just <laughs> so undignified. He, he, he just goes ah from the water. What I did quite like though about the last the, that last scene was the fact that Emmanuel got to do some shooting. Yeah, it was a and she was a crack shot, a crack shot, and she got to whack the cannibal away with the oar, and it wasn't the guy. Cause yeah. He was just trying to start the boat, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to moze about them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get away, and then as they drive off, Emmanuel has an attack of conscience, doesn't she? She's like, all those people, you know, all those, those guides died because they followed us. And then she mentions uh, Mackenzie and Maggie with their shabbiness. <laughs> 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 what does that even mean? She gets an attack of conscience, but then she's like, meh, I got the article. Yeah, she got photos. I got the story I needed. She didn't have to, well, I was going to say she didn't have to finger anyone for it either. Yeah, sexually yeah. abused it. Mentally Ill patients. patients. Yes. Yeah. Any day you don't have to finger a mentally ill person is a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I didn't think I was capable of shooting at a man. Then they say that a journalist will do almost anything for an article. I should be satisfied to have collected enough material for a really sensational scoop. But it isn't so. Manolo, Felipe, Salvador lost their lives because they followed us on this mad adventure. And for what? That I'd like to know. And Sister Angela, so sweet. And Maggie and Donald with their shabbiness. Don't take it badly, Manuel. It's nobody's fault. So there we have it, and that, and that was Emmanuel in America. Um, no, it wasn't. No. No, it wasn't. It was because <laughs> I was reading Emmanuel in America off the screen. Oh, God, we should watch Wait, that. Wait, started before. in America. It started in America, yeah. Yeah, it was Emmanuel in, around the corner. It was Emmanuel in the Leeds-Liverpool Canal, or whatever yeah. it was. Yes. Under. One of the critics have said, the porn is too hard for horror fans, and the horror is too gory for the porn fans. This has no target audience. And I would like to say it back to you, you have met us. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> this is right up my street. It wasn't that pornographic, I didn't think. 
It's um, all very, it's quite tame for it, her. It was very, so, it was, yeah, because when you've seen some of the other films he's made. Yeah, it is. compared to some of those other things. Even Malabimba, I thought was... Malabimba was more on the edge, I yeah. yeah. If you've ever seen any pornography, yeah, it was like, not remotely, yeah. no. Yeah, totally. It's just different time. Are we all desensitised to it? We all just seen too much filth. That yeah, we all watched yeah. too much porn. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I don't like conversations now that actually flow. I only like things that are stilted. <laughs> That's how I talk in real life now. <laughs> in social situations. <laughs> and then I move my lips like 20 minutes after I yeah. finish speaking just to emphasise it. One of the things I really enjoyed about the dubbing in this film was that the, 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 the uh, voice artist who dubbed over it were clearly watching it and seeing where where the character would pause for breath. Oh. But they, they pause just a bit too long. The best is the eating scene. Like she eating. Eating. And she goes, she says a line, and then obviously, separately, the actual actress had picked up some food. So she just pauses. But like and then waits. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No chewing, a, it just yeah. waits for yeah. sentence. A natural break where you'd have yeah. a break if you were saying something. She says, like, I think we should go to... The, the Amazon jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And the pose is even longer. <laughs> That's so good. Like, she forgot what the, she forgot the line. <laughs> but I don't, for something that really hasn't got that much talking in it as well, every line was kind of repeated. So they'd say, oh, it's a very difficult situation. It's difficult. Yeah. Like, everything was like that. Everything was doubled up. Yeah. And I'm like, you haven't got many words I mean, anyway, and you couldn't even think of that many. I know. He was doing a lot. He was doing a lot on the film, wasn't he? He was like, script, story, yeah. director of photography, and director. I mean, this man is. I mean, he did everything. He was quite. He was very prolific. He, apparently, he's been credited to just under 200 films. Is that as director or various different, various different credits? Yeah. The, the, and they run the gamut from westerns to um, horror to porn. Um, and yeah, so I mean, he, he did, he, you can't say he wasn't a hard worker. I mean, what that work gave the world. Did, did, uh, I think he was director of photography or cinematographer on what he's done to Solange. Yeah. That is a great film and it looks amazing. So he's obviously talented. Yeah. When he wants to be. Yeah. yeah. People, he, he had three films to make that year. He, he did. was like, I haven't got yeah. Give the man a break. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he made. Um, the Mafia were probably like, these three films better come out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Payson was never a great thing in his films. There's a no. there's a there's a horror film he made called Absurd, which is about mm. like a psychopath on the run, on the loose, played by George Eastman, who's like a big hunk of spunk. And he's in um, Erotic Nights of the Living Dead and Porno Holocaust, but he never gets his nab out. And he plays like a, a, a escaped killer, and the, the the actual killing scenes in it are really good and scary. Was that scary. nasty? Was that yeah, yeah. But the pacing in that, there's like a scene where a girl's trying to uncover herself from a bed for that's up for about fifteen minutes long. Oh, oh my god! And you, by the end of it, you just don't care. <laughs> just, just die. Yeah, he, he made some called Anthropophagus, which is yeah, really, really that's a video nasty. Infamous. Well, there's someone eating a baby, isn't it? Yeah, there's like he's like a mutant and he like rips a baby out of someone and eats it. Okay. But again, that is like a stretch of an hour and fuck all happening, and you're like, oh, come on, get to it. So actually, this was one of the it's better baby. <laughs> I wasn't bored up until. The marching through the jungle, mm. but everything else kept me interested in a way. So, um, I went on Twitter just before um, before we started the podcast. So we only had a couple of responses so far. But I asked what people's favourite Joe D'Amato films were. Henry Swindell, my friend, said Eleven mm. Days, Eleven Nights." Do you remember that from the nineties? Sure. It was like a cheap rip off of Nine and a Half Weeks. No. And that was um, that was the Sky Movies late night watch no. of mine as well. I didn't realise he made that. 
And Henry says, 11 days, 11 nights, which I've never seen, but stared at it endlessly in the video shop, wishing I was old enough to rent it. <laughs> um, Cinema Europa says, if it's near 200 credits, I have to be boring and either say Beyond the Darkness or Absurd. Beyond the Darkness is a really yeah. good film. Uh, Stephen Davis says, Anthropophagus, Beyond the Darkness, and Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. Um, and that's it, because uh, it hasn't been up long enough, really, for people to respond. Um, so that's that. Um, but did we enjoy it? Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was worth a 69. Was it dirty yeah. enough for our 69th episode? Just. I think maybe, I like have been, maybe have been desensitised. For the general public, yeah, it was. <laughs> for, for, normal, for normal people, it's, yeah, it's dirty enough. We were spoiled by Malibu, weren't we? Yeah. We were. Malibimba's the dirtiest, I think, so far. But we will endeavour to try But there'll be more, yeah. There was no non-consensual fingering in Malibimba. That's so, true. yeah, maybe this is... This mm. is suitable. Yeah, but there was yeah. a blowjob and someone's death. Sucking off his iron uncle to the ground. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so swings out. Oh, oh, <laughs> you're so picky. Flashing your fanny at your nan. <laughs> <laughs> You say the, all these things like I've done. <laughs> Not again, Mark. <laughs> Snogging your dad by a shaken bush. <laughs> and on that note, just thought I'd let everyone know. So, Screaming Queens, uh, in a desperate bid for more listeners. No, not really. We're quite happy with our little niche corner of the podcast world. However, we do want to reach out to the community, uh, mainly because there is one, and there aren't many communities out there anymore. And there's a part, there's an actual podcast community that. Very supportive. People retweet us all the time, and we really appreciate it. There's an um, there's an online collective called Brit, Brit Pod Scene, and they are they just color, it's a collective of indie podcasts that are all British, and we cover like the, some of them are even more niche than us. So far, what, what, how niche? Uh, so far, I've enjoyed, and I have enjoyed, and I, I really recommend you listen to some of these. Uh, so far, I've listened to Bygones, the Ali McBeal podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is great. They go through it episode by episode, but they sort of look at it like with with um, two thousand and eighteen eyes. Oh, wow. That's so they're like they're like picking out some of the things like the, they they talk about the trans episodes that Wilson Cruz was in, which mm. is hilarious to listen to because they're sort of picking apart how how people who watch TV now would be really offended by the way they deal with trans issues back then. Um, but it's really funny. Listen, people get offended by everyone. So fun. Yeah, no, no. Well, like, I mean, that's my attitude is everything is of its time, and you should just enjoy, enjoy but what it it's is. It's problematic, but it's problematic. Sabrina <laughs> the Teenage Watch. They watch every episode of Sabrina. <laughs> listen to that today. I've never seen Sabrina, but I like these boys. There's a new series, isn't there? Yeah, I'm I think it's going to tie into Archie because it's all the same. It's all Archie comics. Yeah. It's all related. Isn't it something like the Dark Adventures of Sabrina or something? Well, that's a new comic. The guy that kind of resurrected um, uh, Riverdale. Yeah. The guy who's in charge of Riverdale brought back Archie comics. He wrote the this Dark Adventures of Sabrina, where she, I think. Sells a soul to Cthulhu and hates people of crafts in it and all Brilliant. kinds of weird stuff. I think that'll be really good. Yeah. Joey's playing Sabrina. Yeah. Don Draper's yeah. little girl. <gasps> really? Yeah, that's her, isn't it, from Mad Men? I think so, yeah. yeah the kid. The original Sabrina's amazing. Yeah, I've never seen this it. This is my life. This is my also, childhood. Claim to fame, even though I don't care because I don't know who she is, Melissa Joan Hart follows me on Twitter. Shut up. She still does now. She follows me on Twitter and I've no idea why. I've never seen anything with her in. That's a fact. Yeah, I'm sure she's wonderful. Beyond the Box Set, which is essentially a film podcast, and it looks at what films out there deserve a sequel. Oh, and wow. they come up with ideas what the sequel would be, <laughs> ranging from Labyrinth to the best ever, the shit J-Lo thriller, The Boy Next Door. 
watched it together. together. Yeah, that was brilliant. And they talk about that film in depth. There yeah. was an official sequel to Labyrinth, but it came out as a comic. Ah. Uh, oh, it's supposedly considered canon for the um, the story. Ah, uh, right. I think it came out in Japan. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Sorry, boring fact. <laughs> no, no, I wonder if they know. They probably discussed that because I haven't listened to the Labyrinth episodes, but I don't know. Did you know that? <laughs> um, there's also um, there's also EastEnders Weekly. <laughs> Does that sound on Fry Gaze, the Neighbours podcast. <laughs> Does what it says on the tin. Listen to that one as well. That's funny. I've listened to all of these and these are the ones I like so far. Theme park films that look at films that are set in theme parks. Like Jurassic Park. Anything that's got a theme park Westworld, anything that's got a theme park vibe. They talk about those films. I'm just thinking of how many films are there. That was Well That's, one, that's surprisingly a lot, actually, isn't yeah. it? Because you think you've got you'd have I wonder if that would include Funhouse. Yeah. yeah. There's seventy. Is there a seventies film Roller Coaster? Roller Coaster, yeah. Final yeah. Destination Three. Well, yeah. So I've been looking. Mm. I've, I scrolled back through the episodes on iTunes and I couldn't see Final Destination Three, but I'm wondering if I've just missed it. But if you haven't done Final Destination Three, then we suggest that you do. And if you want any help on that, we'll all join in. Yeah. Um. There's um, Emotionally 14, and they always retweet us, no matter what. Rough Giraffe, not once for yes. It's a paranormal podcast, <coughs> and people send in their own ghost stories. That's really good. So they're, they're the ones I've listened to so far, but go and have a look for yourself. Uh, have a look on Twitter, at BritPodScene, and have a look on their website, BritPodScene.com. There's a whole host of other things that they do as well. They've been kind enough to share us and support us, so it's all just really lovely. Thank you. Yeah. That was our Lucky 69 episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as us. Was it, was it dirty enough for you? Would you like us to talk about more dirty films? <laughs> Speaking of dirty films, one more plug. So, um, Empty Spaces Cinema. <coughs> Empty Spaces Cinema based in Liverpool they put on cinema in, in empty spaces um, <laughs> and at the moment they're doing a series of films in the old George Henry Lee's building which is an old um, department it's an old department store um, it's really atmospheric and we're working together with them to probably have some scary films on in October so we'll keep you posted on that however in the meantime next week Thursday the 16th of August at 8pm I think it is um not at George Henry Lee, but at a place called the Output Gallery next to the Casimir Garden. Um, in collaboration with us, <clears throat> they are showing Showgirls, and um, the tickets are like a fiver, and it's going to be really good. So have a little look on Twitter if you look for Empty Spaces Cinema, um, and just check out their lineup and stuff. But we'd love you to come to that. So if you're in Liverpool, or you're Northwest, or if you want to fly over, I've got mm. a spare room, you can stay. <laughs> Come and see Showgirls with us. Paul Verhoeven and you want to come? If you're Paul Verhoeven, Elizabeth Berkeley, we know that you go to screenings now. So <laughs> Gina Gershon, I follow you on Instagram and I always think that you're someone called Ginger Sharon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your name looks like all in one. Um, so Ginger Sharon, we would love you to come. Um, Madonna was almost in Showgirls. Okay. Another link. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes that's next Thursday the 16th of August and we'd love you to come to that so if you need any more info just tweet me at Johnny Larkin you can get Jonathan Butler uh, Cthulhu 502 you can get Stephen Moore HD99 and how are we going to get Martin I'll be getting fingered in the mental hospital <laughs> <laughs> are you going to bite any tits I don't know of course not no. good for you maybe a little nibble that's the first time for <laughs> 
Um, and we really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. And please do tweet us and let us know what you think of the show. Also, please give us a review. Our reviews are creeping up now on iTunes. So please do, if you listen to us on iTunes, give us a review. If you don't listen to us on iTunes and you've got iTunes anyway, give us a review. Um, we'd like to build our listenership up. So thank you very much. 